it's time for our first Shapiro wet of the year with uh, Bruce Shapiro, of course, is Exec Director of the Dart Centre for Journalism and Trauma at Columbia. And Bruce, your country is traumatised by an extraordinary upsurge in violence, in mass shootings. Well, indeed, uh, you know, there's so much we probably ought to be talking about, but the fact is that in the last three days, we've had two huge mass shootings uh, in California, opposite ends of the state, in Monterey Park down near Los Angeles, uh, where 11 died and then another seven people killed uh, up in Half Moon Bay, just south of, of San Francisco. And while you and I have talked over and over and over again about the American illness of mass shootings, we we do need to note that at least thus far in 2023, uh, it's worse than ever before. We are on track for um, a record year, a, a pace of mass shootings that we've never seen. Uh, it's forgive me for interrupting, Bruce, but uh, it's been there've been 38 since January the first. Indeed, uh, so many that they don't even make the news unless the numbers get. It truly disgustingly catastrophic. And what's most striking to me as as you kind of look at at the charts is that this the spike really has been dramatic in the last three years. Um, the numbers were were fairly high, but since you know, the beginning of the pandemic, you could argue, um, certainly since the unleashing of um, of weaponry as various laws were allowed to expire um, during the Trump years, we really have seen a significant and dramatic increase in this kind of violence. Whether it is about the availability of guns, and it, it almost always is uh, a huge factor, whether it's about mental health issues, which certainly have been rampant, um, whatever it's about, the fact is that no place in America is safe. Um, you know, this weekend's mass shooting in uh, in Monterey Park was at a celebration for the Lunar New Year uh, in a majority Asian community, um, the, the first suburban Chinatown in America, um, a, a really happy occasion. And that's, in this case, there seems to have been an older man, unusually. Usually we talk about young men as the perpetrators. This was a 72-year-old man, actually half Moon Bay to a 67-year-old, uh, with still unknown grievances, whose grievances took the form of obsessively driven deadly violence. Um, and it's a difficult road for the country under any circumstances, but particularly because we do have, of course, um, political deadlock when it comes to any addressing of gun violence. You know, it's, it's a, there's a paradox, too, in the amount of media attention currently being given to one shooting on a film set because it involves a celebrity. Now, Capitol Hill, the Republicans have their majority in the House. 
Tell us about uh, this Kevin McCarthy fellow, please, Bruce. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we've been watching Kevin McCarthy, you and I, for a couple of years as he was the House Minority Leader under Nancy Pelosi's speakership with the Democratic majority. Uh, now, as the House Speaker, he is poised to try to advance Republican interests and, and block President Biden's uh, initiatives. But, you know, he's he's got his work cut out for him. Um, you know, what we witnessed over the holidays was McCarthy ascending to the speakership only after 15 ballots, his way blocked by a handful of members of the far-right even right wing may not even do justice to it. Freedom Caucus, the most election denying, most uh, out trumping Trumpy members of the House, um, Matt Gates from Florida, uh, Chip Roy from Texas, others who are determined not so much to create legislation as Congress is supposed to do, as to you know, obstruct and block the usual business of government. And these folks withheld their votes in the very closely divided House, ensuring that for the first time in 160 years, the House of Representatives had to go to 15 ballots before electing a speaker. Now, all that was a kind of a big circus. The long-term consequence of what of a circus that devolved at one point into near fisticuffs and one of McCarthy's supporters, uh, Congressman Mike Rogers, nearly punched out Matt Gates on camera. Really wonderful to watch. Um, but this is kind of 19th century spectacle. Um, this political theater really now is past what it's resolved into in order to get his speakership is McCarthy agreeing to put these various disruptive characters, obstructionist characters, onto key House committees, onto the Oversight Committee, which is therefore determined to investigate Hunter Biden and anything they can get there, any threads they can pull on in the White House, um, onto the House Intelligence Committee. There's talk about reinvestigating the work of the January 6th Committee to try to discredit it. Um, what we now have set the stage for are these members of Congress, this handful of, of the fringiest of the fringe Republicans, having outsized influence in the business of the House of Representatives. And that, in turn, is going to make it a very interesting six months. All the more so because McCarthy agreed to a rule change that allows any one member of the caucus to challenge his speakership at any time and demand so, yet so, another vote. So. so will he make the distance? The name McCarthy, of course, resonates for all the wrong reasons in the history of your uh, your country. Can he hang on? Uh, it's, it's really an open question. We have never had a situation like this where you have a speaker vulnerable in the first place because of a narrow majority. All it would take would be a loss of 15 votes to deny him the speakership. And then extra vulnerable because a single member of his own caucus can call for a new election. This is um, 
you know, not something we've ever seen. Now, some of it, you know, in in some ways affects ordinary people very little. What does affect ordinary people is the likelihood that this Congress will, this House will hold up federal budgets, will perhaps refuse to raise the debt ceiling, um, do other things that really do some damage to the economy and do some damage to the social safety net that millions upon millions of Americans rely on. And, you know, it's interesting. The Biden White House was kind of licking their chops about all of this, given the results of the election in November, which show that most Americans don't really appreciate this kind of far-right grandstanding. Um, but that that was until some classified documents were found in Joe Biden's garage and suddenly it's like, oh, um, this is not going to be so good for us, is it? So, you know, everybody is sort of holding their breath, I think, in Washington waiting for the next act of this. What does this uh, say about uh, Trump's current standing within the uh, the Republicans? Well, it's interesting because Trump actually backed Kevin McCarthy and pleaded with the Freedom Caucus to support him and and perhaps played a role in brokering this, this crazy deal. Um, look, the important thing to remember is that the Freedom Caucus and the politics that Trump represents and exemplifies existed before he was president. The roots of this crisis in the House actually go back to 2010. Um, um, you know, when the first version of this Freedom Caucus arose in rebellion against Republican leadership at that time, uh, Donald Trump in 2016 was able to seize that far-right momentum and turn it into a national political movement. Uh, but I think, you know, there's no doubt that Trump's power within the Republican Party is waning. Um, we don't know what will happen when it finally comes to the polls. I suspect that rumors of Trump's demise are are greatly exaggerated. Uh, none of the Republican alternatives to him has ever been tested in a primary election. Um, but certainly when it comes to Washington, Trump is now a bystander. And it is Matt Gates and Gosar and Chip Roy and these others in the House who are going to be driving the driving the theater forward in the coming months. In 60 seconds or less, will Biden uh, run for re-election? <laughs> ah, yes. Short answer. Every every sign is that he is is going to be running again. And, you know, he he did, in fact, preside over a remarkable turn of fortune for uh, Democrats in the midterm elections. He is the president who defeated Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he is in a spot of trouble now. Um, it's a speed bump because of those classified documents found in his garage, though under you know, very different circumstances than than Donald Trump. Um, he's cooperated fully, hasn't withheld anything, etc. Terrible timing, though, Bruce. That could not be worse. And we've got terrible timing problems now, so thanks enormously. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.